Thank you, church, for having me. Um, you know, when Pastor Tony asked me to come and share, I hadn't realized that the time was 1230. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm usually eating lunch right now. So I had to do a quick McDonald's run on the way here. And you guys know what's really hot at McDonald's, the BTS meal. Never heard of that, Tony? Oh, my gosh. It is not worth it. Okay? Let me tell you that right now. But I did keep the brown bag that people are selling online for $20. So, church, if you want to buy my brown bag, I'll give you guys a discount today. Just talk to me afterwards. Uh, this, more, this afternoon's text comes from Luke chapter 17. Are we going to have it up there? Yeah? Uh, how about we do this, just so that I know you're engaged? I'm going to read the odd verses, church. You read the even, and let, let's read uh, verse 19 together. You guys ready? Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Are you ready? Here we go. This is the word of God. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. Crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now one of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Altogether. Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Amen. Um, let me start off by recapping what we just read. And I think we just read two different versions, but it's totally fine. Uh, as we just read, Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem to be crucified, in case you haven't re realized, right? And as he is journeying, he passes through a small village of where there are these social outcasts, such as these ten lepers. The ten lepers, they spot him from a distance, and instead of running at him, right, they scream out in one voice, as it says in verse 13, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Okay? Now, church, I don't know if you know what leprosy is, but let me just, let me just give you some background. Leprosy was a disease caused by a bacteria that attacks the nerves and the skin, which then numbs the body and limbs. Leprosy is also a disease in which people believe God would bring upon some to show his displeasure for some, some sin committed by them. According to Leviticus chapter 13, 46, people with leprosy were required by law to keep away from healthy people, which means that those who had leprosy were declared to be unclean and were not to have direct contact with others. So in other words, if you had leprosy, you were considered to be cursed and you were considered to be a nobody. Having said that, my first point this afternoon, this passage teaches us to be somebody who knows who Jesus is. I'm going to read 12 and 13 again, verse 12 and 13. As he entered a village, there are ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now, when I say know who Jesus is, you need to acknowledge who Jesus is in your life. 
It's funny. Um, every morning, I've got two, two children. I'm blessed with two children, I'll say. I don't want to just say I have two kids. I have a daughter who's 13 who just doesn't talk to me anymore. I don't know what's up with that, right? I've got a 10-year-old who keeps on talking to me and won't shut up, right? So I, it's, it's, it's very, very different. But the one thing I will say about them, and this is very unfortunate, is that they look just like daddy. Now, if you, you know, it, the son, that's okay. But if you're my daughter, just think about it. It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, hopefully she doesn't grow the same, you know, facial hair that I have, right? But I'm just saying, so I pray for every day that she'll look more and more like mommy. Um, getting back to this. Of all the words that these lepers could have chosen, they referred to Jesus as Master. Which is interesting because if you read this passage in Greek, which I think only Tony can in here, can you still read it in Greek? Yeah, you know, I, I understand. I had to go through a bunch of commentaries to check this out. If you can read this passage in Greek, the word master is pronounced epistasis. Okay, epistasis. Epistasis is only used in the Gospel of Luke. And only here is it used to refer to Jesus by his disciples. So only the disciples would call him master, epistasis, right? But these lepers refer to him as master. So the word master here had a lot of weight behind it. There was honor behind this word. In fact, epistasis is a word that speaks of someone who has authority, power, and in this instance, miraculous power, of course. And that is precisely why they call out to Jesus Acknowledge him in this manner, Jesus, master. Not just Jesus, right? But Jesus, master. These ten lepers are borrowing a word that affirms that they recognize the authority of Jesus and which also lets them know that they know of his reputation, which is crazy. Um, hopefully I'll, I'll share that a little bit later, right? So it, to you, it may not seem like a big deal. We read the Bible I don't know how often you read it, but we read the Bible, right? And to us, Jesus is a big deal. But if you're these lepers, you've been stuck in this small village where you are not allowed to associate with anybody else besides each other. You have never, ever encountered Jesus before, okay? And, you know, back in these days, they didn't have no Instagram, Twitter, or social media, there was no, it was impossible for them to understand who the fame of Jesus was. But they did. And they realized, man, that Jesus, he can heal me. Jesus isn't just another person. But to them, Jesus is their healer. Jesus is their source of life. Jesus is somebody that can do something ridiculous in that moment. And that's why they refer to him as master. Put it this way, okay? Um, it's like, you guys know North Korea. It's a very isolated country, right? They, I, I, don't, I don't know what you know about North Korea, but what I know about North Korea, they don't have no news. They don't have CNN. They have nobody brainwashing them except for their own leader. So for them to hear anything about Americans, it's just ridiculous. So if I were to step into North Korea and I say, hey, I'm from America, they would have no real presumptions about me except for whatever 
their dictator has told them. It's the same manner. These lepers, it's crazy that they would know who Jesus is. Church, who is Jesus to you? Is he just another ordinary name? Someone that Pastor Tony talks about week to week? To week? Or is he someone more than that? Church, be somebody who knows who Jesus is. Amen? What they know about Jesus is that he is approachable. Which brings me to my second point. Be somebody who understands mercy. Mercy. Verse 13, it says, crying out, Jesus, Master, keyword, have mercy on us. Now, I looked up the word mercy in, um, online on Google, and this is, what, this is how they define mercy. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. Let me say that again. Compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. These lepers didn't ask for healing. These lepers didn't ask, hey, Jesus, come near me, come touch me. No. They asked for mercy. Mercy, right? In other words, they were asking Jesus, yes, to heal them. They were acknowledging who Jesus was by asking for this mercy that they're talking about. Mercy, in their case, would mean empathy and pity that would lead to an act of healing for these men. You see, Jesus was their only hope of becoming normal and accepted by society. Their only chance. There were no other cures. There were no other solutions. Their faith was small, but yet they say, have mercy on us. A phrase that recognizes that they are in a pitiful condition, that they are unable to solve their own problem, that they are in a dilemma about which they can do nothing and must depend upon a superior power. That's why they ask for mercy. It expresses a recognition of superior power and one who at the same time is approachable. Not just a recognition of power, but to cry, have mercy, assumes that someone before has indicated to you that this man listens to people who cry for mercy. So his power and his compassion are widely known. They're aware of who Jesus is, aware of it, enough for them to cry out for healing. And that's who, who Jesus is for them. Someone that can provide this mercy. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are married and have kids. I know Tony's got a couple. Looks like he's got his hands full, right? Um, I've been fortunate enough where my daughter is like the sweetest child. She's never, ever done anything wrong. Like, she's such a simple kid to raise. Go to sleep. Okay. Go to sleep. Wake up. Okay, wakes up. Brush your teeth. You know, I mean, such an easy child. My son... A little bit different. I would say it's actually the exact opposite, right? As he started to learn how to speak, I was really excited when I had a son. Let me, let me, let me, let me backtrack. When I had my son, I was thinking, oh, man, it's going to be great. We're going to learn how to play ball. 
He's going to become the next Jeremy Lin. Maybe he'll be a Laker one day, which, by the way, they're playing right now, right? Um, you, you, I mean, I thought, man, having a son was going to be great. Man, I was wrong. I'm sorry, brothers. Okay, but raising daughters are a thousand percent better than raising sons. And I, let me tell you why. This kid is a nightmare. At three years old, when he started to talk, you know what his favorite word was? No. That's it. Did you brush your teeth yet? No. Okay, let's go brush your teeth. No. Want to eat breakfast? No. Hey, you have to go to school today? No. That was his one word for everything, except when mommy was home. Maybe it was just a daddy and something. And as time has gone on, I'm not going to say I, I, I beat my kids or anything like that, right? but, but I've never laid a hand on my daughter. I never had to. With my son, it's like every other moment. No matter how old he gets, it's like, oh my gosh, Lord. So I, 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 I'll, I'll share this one time where he lied, and I caught him in this, in this lie, and I lost it. And I, you know, you know those, those shovels when you go to the beach that kids will play with? I, that was the first thing I saw. I said, come over here. Get over here right now. And I did the Asian, like, bite your lip. Right? And I took a big swing. And I hit him on the butt. And he looked at me like, that's supposed to hurt me, Dad? Right? So I, I chucked that out of the way. I got one of those, um, you know, dry cleaner hangers. Oh, you're dead now. And he saw that it was something different material. Dad, dad, dad. Got on his knees. I kid you not. Have mercy on me, dad. First of all, I was shocked that he even knew the word mercy. Second of all, that he would get on his knees. Oh, it was heartbreaking. I said, okay, don't ever lie again. Ten minutes later, (laughs) he lied. But you guys understand the concept of mercy, what that means? To show mercy to somebody, it takes a lot out of you. It's showing compassion for someone you do not want to have compassion for. Showing forgiveness to somebody that you don't want to forgive. Church, be somebody who understands mercy, truly understands mercy. My third point is this. Be somebody who is willing to obey whatever Jesus asks. Verse 14, Jesus looked at them and said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. Let me share a little bit more. You know, it's funny. Like up, if you read the book of Luke up until then, Jesus had performed many miracles already. Healings. He done, he's done a lot of things. All Jesus needed to do is to go. Probably not even that. You're healed. That's all he needed to say. Instead, he says, go show yourselves to the priests. And this is why it's significant. First of all, the nearest priests were about 70 miles away. So, to, to, to give more context, it's like going from here to San Diego. Probably, you know, it's probably a little bit further, but somewhere around there. Think about a church. 
If I said, hey, if you go to San Diego right now by foot, okay, just, you'll be healed of whatever it is that you want. Would you do it? Be honest. By foot. I don't know how many of you guys have ran the 10K, 5K, any, any kind of marathon, but 70 miles is a long distance, church. Church, I have my grocery store, my nearest grocery store is Ralph's, okay? Half a mile away. Do you think I walk there? Dude, I'm, I live in California. We don't walk anywhere. People didn't start walking, I feel like, until the pandemic happened. Like, you never saw so many people walking and exercising in your life, right? Jesus says, hey, go show yourselves to the priests. Why? Why does he say that? Of all the things that he could have said, why does he say that? Because in the Old Testament, you would show yourself to the priest to be declared clean. To be declared that you no longer have this disease called leprosy. Right? Such a command demanded action from these sick men. To run to the priest meant to show them that you are no longer infected. And so you can return to normal human contact. As far as I read in this passage, there was no, hey, go show yourself to the priest because you are clean and you are healed. It just says, go show yourselves. And then the next sentence says, and as they went, they were cleansed. Which meant Jesus commanded something and they needed to respond in faith. In order for them to be healed, they needed to respond in faith so that they could be cleansed, they could be healed, they, they could be considered no longer lepers anymore. Church, I don't know what your uh, spiritual journey is like. I don't know how you, know, how you commune with, with the Lord. I don't know what he's asking you that's difficult, and he's asking you to respond in faith. But church, I do know this. This passage is challenging us to be people who does whatever he asks. I, I mentioned before that I have a 13-year-old daughter. Um, I'm hoping that one day she becomes uh, the next um, amazing golfer, honestly. She's got a beautiful swing. She's really tall. I mean, I don't, I, we don't, I don't know what to say. That's, that's my prayer. Okay, but she has other thoughts. You know, Dad, I really love music. Why? So I don't know. It just, it just makes me feel good. Okay, well, stop it, <laughs> you know? But she, before, um, before she, be, she, she got on the BTS army train and the, uh, what is it, uh, pink, black pink train or whatever it is, right? She was listening to a lot of this boy band called the Jonas Brothers. You guys ever heard of that? Yeah, they're all right. Yeah, whatever. You know, I don't know. So every day I would, you know, just when she was going to school uh, in person, she would turn on the Jonas Brothers, and the hot song at the time that she was listening to was a song called Sucker. Anybody familiar with that? No? Dude, what are you guys listening to in here? You know? Let me, let me, gospel music, that's good. Um, that's a good idea. Let me, let me recite the chorus of this, of this, um, of this song. It says this. <clears throat> I'm a sucker for you. You say the word, and I'll go anywhere blindly. I'm a sucker for you. 
Yeah. Any road you take, you know that you'll find me. I'm a sucker for all the subliminal things. No one knows about you, about you, about you, about you. <laughs> and you're making the typical me break my typical rules. It's true. I'm a sucker for you. Yeah. Church, imagine that these words were us living out our faith for Jesus. As funny as that sounds, being a sucker for Jesus, right? Anything he says, we go blindly. Anywhere he tells us to go, we go. We're suckers for Christ. That's what it means to be somebody who listens to whatever he tells us to do. To be completely in adornment of what Christ asking us to do as his followers. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who is the author of this book called The Cost of Discipleship, writes, only he who believes is obedient, and only he who is obedient believes. Let me say that one more time. Only he who believes is obedient, and only he who is obedient believes. Church, do you believe in who Christ is in your life? Because if you do, we are to obey whatever he says. Of all the things Jesus could have said, we'll show yourselves to the priests. Without even being cleansed, without even being healed, go. And these ten lepers decided, yes, let's just go. Right? Did they have nothing else to do? Yeah, I don't think they had anything else to do, to be honest. Or were they expecting, okay, since Jesus says to go, I'll be healed. Was that the expectancy of them as they heard Christ say, go show yourselves to the priest? Honestly, they could have said, hey, you know what? No, Jesus, I'm not going anywhere. Heal me now. I'm not going to do anything until you heal me now. But instead, they obeyed because they had heard about who Christ was. They knew about his reputation, and they knew that this man was someone worth following and listening to. Last, my fourth and final point, be somebody who shows grace. Verses 15 and 16. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, Praise God! And he fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. And this man was a Samaritan. Church, I don't know if you realize, back in these days, Samaritans were not considered on the same level as Jews. They were considered a level beneath. They, th so the fact that this one Samaritan was clumped up with nine other lepers who were not. That's significant because they don't. You're not. You're not in a community together, okay? But this one Samaritan, once he realized he was healed, he came back to thank Jesus, praising him. Thank you, thank you. Right? Jesus not only healed this one Samaritan, whom Culturally, shouldn't have, right? But he showed him grace by saving him. He showed him grace by saving him. 
Do you, church people, you guys know what it's like to experience grace day in and day out? Do you recognize it? Do you understand it? I've been happily married. At least I've been happily married. I don't know about my wife. I've been happily married for the last 16 years. 16? Yeah, 16 years. <laughs> Got to make sure because I don't know what year I am sometimes. And man, there are so many times that I mess up. I mean, church, look at me. I look like a, an idiot, right? I mean, if, if I was your husband, it, it just would not be pleasant for you. My wife shows me grace, shows me mercy day in and day out. And to a greater level, a much more higher level, Christ showed us grace the day that he decided to go on the cross for each and every one of us. What does grace look like? I'll share this one quick illustration and I'll close this in prayer. This is what grace looks like. A few weeks ago, I was in Orlando. Um, my work had called me to come to headquarters. And I was driving, and as I was driving, I was getting off the freeway, I got pulled over. And so it was me, uh, a coworker, and he goes, give me your license and registration. I go, sure. What, what did I do wrong? And he says, turn around and look at that sign back there. I turn around, I look at the sign, and there is no sign. I see a sign that's broken like this. It was a, it was a yield sign. Come on. How am I supposed to see that? So I'm like fuming with anger. I'm, I'm saying, hey, officer, um, kind of being a little bit not practical here. There's no way for me to see that sign. And he just took my license, registration, came back. Hey, have a nice day. Oh, man. I was pissed. Well, what was I going to do? You know, I'm not going to get out of the car and go chase after an officer thinking that, you know, he's going to show me mercy or grace. Okay. Let's just pretend. Okay, let's just pretend. Okay, I'm going to rewrite the story now. Okay, let's just say the officer comes back. And he goes, hey, you know what? Today, it's Asian American Day. You look like a good person. I'm going to rip up this ticket. Have a good day. Church, is that, is that grace? No, I would, I would, I, I think that's mercy. He's granting me mercy. He's saying, okay, you know what? I understand. You didn't see it. Fine. I forgive you. Rip up the ticket. This is what grace would look like in this example. The officer writes the ticket, okay? Gives me money to pay for the ticket. And then he gives me another $100, right, to say, hey, you know what? I understand. It happens. Have a nice day. That's crazy. No, that's irrational that any officer would do that. Isn't it? I don't know about you. I've, gotten, I've never, ever gotten off the hook when it comes to tickets. I never, ever. I don't know if some people do it. Like people write on, on these blogs, all right, this is what you need to do to, to get, you know, get the officer not to give you a ticket. That's a lie. It never happened to me. Even when I shave, it never happened to me, okay? 
irrational to think that anybody would do that. That's not just crazy, but that would be grace right there. And that's what Christ did for each and every one of us. Christ showed these 10 lepers not just mercy, but he showed them grace. He didn't didn't have to heal them. He didn't do anything good to deserve to be healed. But he said, you know what? I'm going to heal them. I'm also going to show them grace on top of it. And the same goes for every single one of us. He didn't have to die on the cross for our sins. He didn't have to forgive us. He didn't have to give us an opportunity to accept him as Lord and Savior. But he does. Not just today, but every single day that we're alive. And every single day that we choose to acknowledge who Jesus is in our lives. Amen? You know, church, um, I don't know. I don't know what your, again, I don't know what your, your spiritual journey is like. But church, I do want to say be somebody that in the same way that Christ has shown us mercy, grace, whatever it is that you think you've received, be somebody that shows the same mercy and grace to others. Let's pray. If we could, I want to take us a minute this this afternoon for us to pray um, for ourselves. Maybe, maybe there's something pressing on your heart, and there's something that God is asking you to respond in faith with. Uh, before the, the worship team leads us in this one last song, let's pray and just and just just have a conversation with God right now before we we head off. Have a conversation with God knowing that he hears you, he knows you, and he is welcoming you into his presence. Let's take a moment to pray.